Welcome in to RJ Bell's European Soccer Betting Podcast. Thought you would never hear that. On RJ Bell's Dream Preview, this is the European Soccer Betting Podcast, Episode 5, and we remain undefeated. We are 5-0-1. I am your host, Mackenzie Rivers. He is my undefeated 3-0 co-host, Griffin Warner. How are you doing, Griffin? I'm doing great. Um, really happy to be on here again, uh, and certainly since I want to. I want to plug my my own podcast, Betting the Pitch. Um, it's a little bit different than what Mackenzie are going to go through today, but uh, if you want to get some sort of thoughts on each of the soccer matches from the top five European leagues, check Betting the Pitch uh, on anywhere you find a podcast. It's been awesome. You had Nottingham Forest plus a half goal. They were up one zero late into the match. Didn't matter that Everton drew. You still got the winner. I had Barcelona was pretty close for the first 60 minutes, ended up 4-1. I predicted 3-1, but we were close. Uh, did you happen to catch Nottingham Forest? I know you uh, you DVR almost every game in Europe, but uh, were you watching that live? How'd you feel about your winner? Uh, I did not watch it live, but I did watch it. Uh, felt pretty good about it. Um, taking the lead was pretty nice. Uh, and then seeing a goalkeeper uh, deliver an assist for Everton was alarming because then i was like oh man here we go i've seen these awful awful beats before um but you know one of those things where the nice part about everton is they've only scored one goal this whole season and that was uh the said assist from the goalkeeper um the only other goal goal they scored was an own goal so i think uh someone i'm trying to bet against in this in this game called soccer or football for our european listeners um, is I'm trying to bet against teams that can't score. And I feel like Everton is a perfect example of that. Nottingham Forest with a tough kind of position to, to defend a really good performance last, I guess, last match day, the week before at home. Um, but they played pretty well. I thought they played pretty tough um, even in the first opener to, to Newcastle, which they did not cover. Um, so it was, a, it was a pretty good feeling, and uh, I'm happy to, to stack another win. Absolutely. You are 3 0, my friend. Uh, I approved a 2 0 and 1. It makes this pod 5 0 and 1. And Barcelona was awesome to watch. It was an awesome game to watch. Uh, and it, to be honest, let me do a little diatribe here. I am falling back in love with soccer, like more than even in college when it was probably my favorite sport to watch, uh, right next to the NBA, uh, because it's so right in line with, with what I'm like, uh, trying to build and trying to develop, which is an understanding of, when numbers matter and how they not exactly grab the whole equation. Uh, there's a reason they call it the beautiful game. And I think it's just because so much is communicated in a way that's very hard to, to tell a friend. I went to a one, one draw and it was this, or it was that like Liverpool's struggling right now. I mean, how could you tell someone that that didn't understand the game, wasn't watching the game, couldn't talk the game They're Oh, they have 14% less crosses and they're converting 33% fewer of their chances. And none of that really resonates with anybody. But if you listen to people watching the game, there's a there's a real fundamental problem that, that you can witness and you can understand. There's no one's, as they say in Europe, taking the game by the scruff of the neck in the midfield. And Salah looks like a one-man kind of team uh, out there on the wing. And there's just, it's just not... It's not working in the same way. And if you watch the game last year, it's there's a whole different vibe that's almost impossible to communicate in any kind of quantitative way, but it's there. Well, part of why I try to watch all these games and I try to like literally tape over the bottom line if I'm watching something on ESPN and not get spoiled is 
Cause there's so much like you can, you can look at the stats, you can look at expected goals and that's probably the best metric that I think is out there, but there's so much more to each of these matches that I feel like if you spend the time, uh, I'm hoping to reap the benefits of that because ultimately like two shots that might be from the corner of the box are not the same, uh, depending on people in the way, which I think XG does consider, but like, if a guy has run like had already run 30 yards, it's a big difference than if he was set up there with a pass that went right to him and right to his, his boot. And so I feel like there's a lot, there's so much to this sport, especially with such so little scoring. It's really important to, to really sit there and watch. And that's why I'm, I'm a crazy person, but I basically spend my weeks catching up on the soccer. I didn't get to get to watch the, the weekend before. And I don't find it boring. I find it fascinating. There's so much communicated. There's so much beauty in the game. And I'm a numbers guy. I Most of my sports betting, uh, there's a number at the end of my spreadsheet that I said, huh, wow, that pops out the conditional formatting glares that that is a pick I should be interested in. But there's a lot of opinions in those numbers. And Pep Guardiola, probably the best manager in our lifetimes, maybe Sir Alex Ferguson, they both have two Champions Leagues, but one of the two, he hates the analytics movement. He hates it. He, he's, a, he's a vehement, I'm a video guy. I watch the game with no numbers, but I'm watching the game. But at the same time, there's a reason why Brentford's in the Premier League right now. And they're eighth because they were purchased by a professional sports gambler that loves analytics because it made him a rich guy, Matthew Benham. And there's a reason they're not just struggling in the Premier League. They're doing really well. They're beating expectations. They have numbers guys. They have videos guys working with number guys. There's a lot more to be squeezed out of that orange, even if Pep Guardiola hates it. The analytics movement is coming and I can take the vanguard of what's happening at the same time I can watch the game and listen to people that are watching the game and understand the nuances and uh, news today or, or recently NBA betters will know this Ralebob Bulgaris who got rich just like Matthew Benham betting on sports well maybe he'll, he'll tell you got rich with crypto or some other thing but he also did that he bought a third division team in Spain and he's besides fixing the air conditioning he's also upgrading all their facilities and he's getting in numbers guys and he's bringing his own insights from his own NBA days and they're, and they're growing the game. And there's, there's, we're just at the precipice of this, of this revolution. And I think unlike baseball, there's no, it's not going to be a solved game ever. It's so far from that. It's just, uh, there's so much opportunity. Speaking of opportunity, it doesn't hurt that I'm diving into this and we're five Oh and one. And it also doesn't hurt that the best league going, at least on the club's level, the champions league Kicked off its regular season today, and we get to talk about it because they had their group stage draw. Uh, I guess I wrote down on my notes here that we were going to talk Man U Liverpool. I kind of did a little bit in my soliloquy, but um, did you see that upset? You you talked me off Man U because I said I wanted to fade Liverpool, but neither of us like Man U. But you also talked me off Brentford at the same time. So you talked me off a one and one wager. I ended up going one and zero on the weekend. That's better than two and one. Any better should tell you that. Uh, but did you watch that, uh, or have you caught up with that Liverpool game, Man U? And what'd you make of that result? Yeah, uh, I'm caught up. I've as of recording this podcast Thursday night. I've, I'm good on England. and I'm good on Germany, which unfortunately means I got a few hours to get through the other three leagues, which seems very unlikely by the time the games kick off on Friday. But I did watch Liverpool and Manchester United, and I will always be thankful or to anybody that can save me some juice because ultimately that's why the casinos keep building uh, new buildings that have some sort of attractive DJ and strobe lights in them. 
So I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, I, it was a great call. I mean, Manchester United came out like the wounded dogs that we didn't expect them to come out like. Um, ultimately, I don't know, and I really don't think this is something that they're going to repeat moving forward, but um, it was an awesome showing. They really took it to Liverpool, and, and part of me thinks that it might be more about uh, the other team that they were playing, Liverpool, that were giving a full goal on the road that really haven't gotten out of the starting gears uh, to start the season now three matches in. And uh, they've got a long way to go to catch up to Manchester City in the, the title race in the Premier League. Um, and maybe this kind of fits to the idea that they might be looking and, and might want to switch their sights and really focus on the champions. I mean, we got a long way to go, of course, in Premier League, all, all these leagues that have just begun. And they did erase a really big deficit last season. I just don't think Manchester City will ever be confident or comfortable this year based on what happened last year and having to win the, the league title on the last day. Um, from a huge, huge, like big, big lead um, halfway through the season last year. I feel like Manchester City is going to be a lot more focused and uh, tailored to, to what they're going out there for. And I think Liverpool is really going to struggle. Um, I don't really, they're, they're dealing with injuries already. They seem to have a really bad time of that. And uh, that doesn't fix itself really quickly. I think you're right. Liverpool, I think, was the story coming out. Think about it this way. Last year, even if Man City just did exactly what they did last year, produced the same amount of points they did last year, Liverpool dropped 10 games where they didn't win. They either drew or lost. 10 games last year. Well, there's been three games in this season, and they're one-third of the way to that total. And you look game by game, they're not missing by a little. They're missing by a lot. They're expected to win by a goal and a half. Week one, Fulham, drew. Same thing at Crystal Palace, hosting Crystal Palace, drew. Now you mentioned it, they're a goal favorite on the road, Lost by one, that's a two-goal gap. So even if this week they're favored by two and a half goals, hosting Burnmouth, if they win by a goal, which is very likely, they're still continuing, not even coming close to matching expectations. I think uh, they could be a scary team in the Champions League. They have a lot of talent. They'll get a lot of guys back. But I do think the Premier League title is, is, is almost wrapped up. And we've seen it in the odds. Man City... Now minus 300, Liverpool all the way to 8-1. to one. Arsenal, not too far behind at plus 850. They're 3-0. But, um, but, yeah, should be interesting going forward. And uh, good call on that that Brentford. Uh, a lot of the analytics love Brentford, but uh, it's different. It's different when you're when you're favored. Talk, talk me off Brighton, another pick coming up this weekend. But I do have a best bet that you didn't talk me off of. In fact, you said you don't hate it. So that means I like it a lot because I appreciate your opinion. But before that, we did have, like I mentioned, the Champions League draw. This is the best league, the best sport. They get the best two to four teams from each of the domestic leagues, and they battle royale it out to declare a European champion. Uh, have you had a chance to peruse the group stages, the draw, and uh, what was your takeaways? What were, the, what were the biggest takeaways from the group stage that you've seen so far? Yes, yeah, so I, I did um, shortly before this podcast started recording. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, I would like to quit my job, but uh, unfortunately, I'm not there yet. Um, and just looking, the first thing that jumped out at me is how difficult Group C is with uh, FC Bayern München, Bayern Munich, also uh, FC Barcelona, who were in the same group last year. Uh, interesting enough. Um, also, Inter Milan is another really good team um, that probably should have won the Scudetto championship in Italy last season. And then the unfortunate Victoria Plzen uh, from Czech, from the Czech Republic, which uh, good luck to them. 
you make it all the way to the Champions League and you might get a draw. You probably won't. Uh, so you mentioned Group C. That is the group of death. Uh, by far, if you look at the odds, it's the only group where there's three teams that are in the top 13 of the title odds. Bayern is 5-1, to one, Barca is 14-1, to one, and Inter Milan is 40-1. to one. Then you have Victoria from Czech Republic, 1,000-1 to one in Group C. So they're, they're the odd man out. Uh, another interesting one, I want to get your opinion on this. You know uh, some of these other leagues a little better than I. Group A has Liverpool, who's been struggling. Uh, their futures odds have dipped a little bit as they've struggled, struggled in the domestic league. And then you have Ajax and Napoli. Uh, that seems to be tough because they have exact same future odds. They're both 65 to 1. They're tied for 15th in the, in the odds. Ajax-Napoli, two teams that lost a lot of talent recently. Who do you think comes out in that affair? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, and Ajax is actually how they pronounce it. Good luck. I'm going to say Ajax till the day I die. I know people say Ajax. I know it's not pronounced correctly, but I'm committed. I'm pot committed at this point. Anyway, right. go if, on. If you want to die on that uh, that that <laughs> hill, you you may. But um, yeah, Ajax. I mean, basically, Eric Ten Hag bought everyone he could in the Dutch league and brought them to Manchester United, which I also think is a big reason to bet against that guy. But um, uh, I'll digress on that one for right now. They lost a ton. Um, they are a selling club, so they build young players and they move them on. They certainly are great at building young players, but they are very young and young and young. And I'm not sure I've said young enough in describing them, but they were so dominant in the group stages last year of this competition and then really kind of flamed out unexpectedly to Benfica. Uh, and that's pretty disappointing ultimately and makes me feel like um it's going to be even worse this year considering they lost so much. Napoli, on the other hand, they sold a lot of players, but they moved on a lot of their older players, which I feel like is another youth movement. But that's, I mean, the whole beautiful game, all of soccer is about trying to get as young as possible. Uh, and I feel like they're in a better position than Ajax are. Uh, they have more money in their hands, I think, also. So I think that's important. I, I think Liverpool look like, I mean, as long as they turn it around and stop playing like they have so far the English Premier League season, I think Liverpool look like a clear favorite, but I would put Napoli second. And I honestly wouldn't expect because Rangers have from Scotland as the fourth member of this group. They have a really big crowd advantage or home home pitch advantage. I'm not sure if we're calling it home field advantage because no one calls it a field in Europe. But um, (laughs) I I honestly, I feel like they could pinch a little bit more into Ajax than a lot of people would expect. And maybe even to Napoli as well, based on that home home crowd. So uh, it seems like Liverpool clearly ahead of the rest, but um, I would say Nap- Napoli second, Ajax third, and Rangers very close third, but finishing in fourth. Both Rangers and Celtic, the two Scottish dominoes uh, in the group stages. Scotland League should be proud. All right, I'll make a deal with the European football soccer community. I'll say a- Ajax because that's the name, and 99.9% of people say it that way. I get that. But if I say home field advantage, then that, that's the trade-off. I can say home field advantage every now and then instead of home pitch advantage, and that's the trade-off. But I will say Ajax because, come on, Ajax. Good for you. I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like all, of our, uh, all of our listeners from Amsterdam will take that trade. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. I'll take, I'll take it. Um, all right, what else do I want to talk about here? All right, yeah, Sevilla, who I looked uh, some some – analytics or not really analytics, but uh, some numbers from 2011 on Sevilla has one of the best home crowd advantage in Europe. They're 80 to one to win it. 
They're in the same group as Man City, but also Dortmund is 65 to one in a very similar range. So that's going to be a toss up as who makes it out. Man City, they're the favorites to win the whole thing. They are almost every year. They haven't won it yet, but they're plus 275. Sevilla or Dortmund, the Spanish team or the second biggest German team, who do you think makes it out of Group G? And are all of our listeners in Copenhagen are going to be really upset that you completely <laughs> passed them? Ignored them. Ignored them. Yeah. Uh, how, dare, the one? how dare you, Mackenzie? You know? <laughs> um, all right. So this feels like a very easy group for Manchester City. They're, I think, clearly the best team in the world. Um, I don't think that this competition really favors them as much as the Premier League does because they're able to just destroy the bad teams unlike anybody else can. And I think that's why they keep winning the Premier League. Um, they probably should have won this tournament last season, but um, kind of those things type of things happen when you play playoffs. It doesn't always, the best team doesn't always win. Um, the nice part for Man City is I don't think that Sevilla are anywhere close to them or anywhere close to where they were uh, last season. Sevilla basically were the only challenger to Real Madrid last season in La Liga because Barcelona was a disaster and Atletico Madrid came back down to earth. Um, since then, Sevilla, basically the second half of the season, they were a disaster. They barely won matches if they won any at all. And if they did, they were like miracles in stoppage time at the end. Then they moved on a lot of players. They sold their entire defensive center back line. Um, they've moved on others and their best players now kind of one that was kind of forced out by Atalanta from Italy, um, best creator that is. And so they're a and they're having big trouble right now. Um, I've bet against them twice in La Liga so far. I'm looking forward to betting against them as much as I can until some of these lines catch up because they've been pretty big favorites in positions where I didn't feel like they deserve to be. I mean, should be favored because they're a big club in Spain. But, but we're talking about Sevilla. You're fading. You've been fading Sevilla. Yes. Sorry, Sevilla, Sevilla Football Club. Yes, they have big, big problems. Borussia Dortmund, on the other hand, they have a very bad defense that they've been trying to improve. They brought in new bodies, new players to come in and try to change that for this season. Uh, I don't know that necessarily has happened yet, considering they had a 2-0 lead after 82 minutes or so this past weekend and lost 3-2 to a team that was just promoted from the Schweizer Liga second league in Germany. So not great there either, which makes me think that Copenhagen has a little bit more of a chance because ultimately all the teams in this competition are good. Um, but... I think I would go Manchester City, Dortmund, Sevilla, Copenhagen as the uh, one through four. Copenhagen. Exactly yes. right. All right. Good good notes there. You mentioned Man City, probably the best team in the world. I don't think most people would disagree with you. I did look or I did see that in 538 global soccer rankings, there was a switch this week after Man City drew. Bayern Munich with their 7-0 win took over as the number one team by 538, Man City number two. So uh, take that for what it's worth. And that kind of highlights why this league is so necessary. PSG won 7-1 over the weekend. We were talking about that was a number one versus number two in the French table. Well, it didn't look like that. They won 7-1 on the road. Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi did PSG. And Bayern won 7-0 with their you know, amazing players, including Sadio Mane. So that's why we can't just look at them win 7-0 every week. We got to see them clash against the best of the best. That's what we'll get this winter and spring and follow it in the Champions League. Nothing better. So let's play a little game here. Let's play a little game, a little pre-game style game with the odds and a selection and competition. You might remember if you listen to this feed and Griffin did it with the AJ, the college basketball futures preview. Uh, 
Each of us will select one of the best teams, or we'll select five each. We'll have five rounds of back and forth picks. And whoever wins will forever be the greatest person of all time, or at least have bragging rights in our one-on-one -on -one competition. Griffin, Kansas, ended up winning the college basketball championship. And uh, I don't remember if uh, who had that one. Me neither. Can you, can you check up? Can you look at the records? I, I just... do have my notes here. I'm, I'm not only talent, but I'm also a producer. And I actually produced that college basketball podcast coming back this winter with Griffin Warner, our man Griffin Warner and AJ Hoffman. And it actually says here that uh, under Kansas, it says Griffin. So I guess, I guess that means you won. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Um, yeah, because I, I remember uh, a certain Hoffa Beast uh, clowning me for my selections. Now, I will admit, I didn't really think that Kansas deserved to win, uh, but they ultimately were lifting the trophy that they'll probably vacate soon enough. So uh, I'm going to hold my hands together in celebration and uh, look forward to uh, making this two in a row. I, I hope not, but uh, I appreciate the candor. Griffin, uh, you picked Kansas third, so... It was your third pick, and it won, so good job. All right, well, Man City is the odds-on favorite at plus 275. Uh, I haven't really just thought about who's going to go first. I guess I'll write down an odd or even number, and you can guess it, and we'll go from there. So I got my number written down. I trust you. Since you probably won't go zero, I'm going to say odd. I went even. I went number four. Uh, Ooh. So I'll Damn. Go. So I actually I get to pick first, um, and I will go first, and I will pick Man City. Yeah, that uh, that would be the shock. Eventually, they have to win the Champions League. They've been favored, or at least co-favorites, every year. They finally have enough talent where I think winning the, I mean, especially with Liverpool's start, winning the Premier League isn't going to be that exhaustive. And, I mean, they had uh, Sergio Aguero goal ruled off erroneously. That should have sent them through one year. They've had Real Madrid somehow, some miraculousness, were easily the inferior squad against them and they went through wait a minute madrid did outs them last year yeah. right Am I no no they they were madrid were dead and they somehow got two goals not just one but two yes to right. survive sent it to, to extra time i think there were both goals either really really late or it might have even been one in stop time right. if not both and then they ended up winning an extra the extra period uh when i believe ruben diaz just uh, I think he was a little tired and decided to that tackling Kareem Benzema in the box was a good idea. Oops, it wasn't. You know, I was prepping straight out of Vegas, the Fox Sports Radio uh, pregame show, when that result happened. And I remember messaging AJ saying, this is one of like the biggest results uh, I, can, I can think of, like possibly, even though I wasn't following soccer as closely as I am right now. I just like thought of like how close Man City is, how necessary it is for them to win it. And then how successful Madrid has been at the same time. And for those fortunes to flip flop in the last 90 seconds of a game, it's like unbelievable. And he's like, yeah, three goals in that short amount of time. That never happens. Uh, AJ Hoffman responded. So he, he didn't, he doesn't like soccer. <laughs> that was, I was, was going to say what, what intellectual <laughs> conversation between you and AJ about soccer did that spur? Cause I remember joking him about, about getting this podcast going. And I was like, you can be my co-host. And he's like, yeah, I think I'd rather die. I don't know if I'm quoting him. but Well, that maybe was a catalyst because I was like, I need to be talking about uh, football, soccer more often. So I'll take Man City. They obviously have the most biggest budget. I think Erlen Haaland is, is going to be great for them. He already has been. Another goal over the weekend. 
So uh, I know I know PSG has probably a better front three, but overall, I'll take Man City with my number one pick. Yeah. So you get two now. You get the second and third pick. Oh, That's only fair. lucky me uh, with a huge divide. I mean, I guess based on the odds, it's not that big of a divide. I mean, Man City, I'm seeing plus 260, um, looks like, or and about double that is PSG's second. Um, man, I feel like, unfortunately, there's a team I want to pick, but they're in a very tough group, so I don't know if I can go there. Uh, so I'm going to choose... Man, this is... Oh, this is hard. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, because they they play in a, a league that I really like, but ultimately one that is not going to challenge them, which you could argue that that will limit their ability to, to know how to fight through really tough matches and things of that nature. I really love Christophe Galtier, so I'm going to go with Paris Saint-Germain as my uh, first pick, so pick number two overall. Um they have a tough group with Juve and also Benfica, who are are no slouch. And I think Maccabi Haifa uh, from Israel is going to have some trouble in that group, to say the least. I mean, we'll we'll see that in a lot of these groups. Um, but from where I sit, I feel like PSG. You know they can score goals, and that you know they can get ahead of teams. It's it's closing things out, and, and maybe Sergio Ramos will actually be healthy uh, enough to be on the pitch this year because he really didn't do much for him last season. Uh, so I'll go PSG as my first pick, and then I will choose, despite a awful start, I believe in this team in a playoff type of environment. I believe in Jurgen Klopp, so I will take Liverpool. Interesting selection. I'm, I'm very glad you said that. Why, why do you like Liverpool over, say, uh, Bayern Munich? Uh, so I've kind of decided in a lot of these bracket type of areas and certainly in this usually there's two really good teams in a group that are um maybe not clear favorites but should move on um i try to avoid tough early scenarios because ultimately you can only win the thing if you get there and i don't really see as big of a threat from ix napoli or rangers that i do from potentially barcelona and inter uh for Bayern München's group Liverpool did make the final. They were the better team, like most of Madrid's opponents last year in the Champions League. Indeed. They somehow they somehow lost 1-0. Trent Alexander-Arnold missed Vincent, Vincent Jr. sprinting down that left side. And uh, 1-0, that happened. Well, I'll take Bayern Munich. I know they're in Barcelona and Inter's group. Won't be the easiest. They are the favorite of that group, or they have the best futures odds. Um, not going to overthink it. I know they lost Lewandowski, uh, which is... he's. I think the FIFA ratings are about to come out in September. I think he's going to be the best player in the world by their metrics. Messi or Ronaldo has been for as long as I can remember. That's going to change that this year. Lewandowski is probably the best player in the world. And I know Bayern Munich will miss him, but they got so much talent behind him. One of the only teams outside of Madrid to have two Champions League titles uh, in the last decade or so, along with Chelsea. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they. I mean, just look at, looking at the odds, I'm probably talking more than I should because – it goes PSG at four to one. Liverpool's behind them at plus six fifty at some spots, and Bayern's five to one. So they, the odds say I got to pick Bayern here. I mean, they score a million goals. I think their defense, their defense is yeah. the question. Bringing Delict from Juve might be a, a really big thing for them this year. If he, I mean, a, a Dutch international who was supposed to be the next big thing, didn't really cut, take on in Turin, but also possible that. Um, it wasn't as as easy for him there. And Torino, excuse me, I'm trying not to use the English 
renames of all these cities. But um, you mean like Ajax? What's wrong with some Ajax? Get some Ajax. I got to clean this shit. I, yeah, I was going to say, I was, it sounds like a cleaning product. But uh, you, as far as I know, you still have one more pick before it comes back to me. Is that right? Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's how the college basketball did it. So I go first, but then we double up after that. Um, mm. So Real Madrid is the clear next favorite at plus 850. And I don't really like them. I'm going to pick <laughs> uh, Ooh, Tottenham and Barcelona have the same odds. I think Barcelona is really good. I really liked what I saw them over the weekend. But Tottenham's in the easiest group there is, as you mentioned. Nobody in their group, uh, Group D, is better than 150 to 1. Marseille's second at 150 to 1. Sporting Lisbon is right there. So I'm going to pick mm, – I, I get Lewandowski if I pick Barca. You know, I've already called him the special one once on this podcast. You, you, that's a reference to Jose Mourinho when he got the job at Chelsea. He says, hey, I'm, I'm a special one because he already won the Champions League with Porto. Sometimes a manager in a group in a knockout setting can edge their way to victory. Tottenham has the easiest group, so they'll be in a knockout setting. I'm a bet on Conte. Tottenham will be my selection for my second pick. Yep. Uh, I agree with that one. Probably would have done that myself. Um but since you left them there, um, I do have some concerns about how Tottenham have started the season. Um, and we might get to that in a little bit. But um, I'm going to take Real Madrid, who you left on the board. Um, I don't think that they have really any competition in the group they're in. And I think that's a huge part of moving on to the next round. Because I believe the group winners can avoid the other group winners. Um, so that, that would be nice. Because um, the group winners are exactly who you want to avoid in this thing. Um, so I'll take Real Madrid. They certainly lucked their way to a championship. Another trophy last year also won La Liga pretty handily, but, um, so that, that, you know, I don't love them, but I, it's hard not to trust them based on that performance based on Carlo Ancelotti, their manager, who's really done everything. I mean, he made Everton a safe team a couple seasons ago and they are literally looking like they might be going down, which would be incredible for English football for that to have happened. But um, so to add to my PSG and Real Madrid, since Tottenham are off the board, man, uh, then where do we go next? Is I think, hmm, <laughs> I think based on, you know, I hate to, to give this to you, but I really don't like that group. So I think I'm going to go, with Chelsea Football Club as Ooh, uh, spicy. Okay, you're skipping Barcelona. You're leaving that on the board. I so Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, they, I feel like they're not the team that's going to beat a lot of teams in their league to pick up three points, and that means they they can't win the league. Also, maybe they couldn't anyway, based on how good Manchester City are and potentially how much better Liverpool are than they are. I think they're similar, but anyway. Um, I like Chelsea, especially when they get through a, a pretty soft group, like about as soft as you could get um, in terms of their the differences, discrepancy between them and the rest of the, the group that they're in. Um, but I think they play good enough defense that I think they could beat anybody, and that's a really scary thing in a knockout stage. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're when I saw them against Tottenham, I'm like, this team is as good as anybody, and they're not, they didn't even win. And I thought, okay, you get a striker in there and – they could be that, but then Conte goes down with a hamstring and Jorginho didn't look quite very like himself against Leeds. And I'm like, this is an old team. Well, an old teams, worn down teams can't really get up every week, maybe to win the Premier League, but they definitely can 
cause some damage in a in a knockout setting. Nicole Conte, one of my favorite players to watch again. I'll just mention that one more time. Uh, makes it very easy for me for my next pick. Barcelona, I wanted them instead of Tottenham. I think they're better, but I have a very tough group with Bayern Munich and Inter Milan. But um, they have the best player in the world, Robert Lewandowski, and they have one of my favorite people, uh, Xavi, managing them. So that's not a tough pick for me. I'll pick Barcelona. And then next, it does get interesting. Uh, look at the odds here. Atletico 25 to 1, Juventus 28 to 1. Uh, you know what? Something's, something's beckoning me. No, I'm not going to pick Ajax at 65. <laughs> I was just going to do it just to do it. But uh, I'll go with Diego Simeone and them boys. I know that he has a worse team, but he's he's proven to be uh, an upset maker in the Champions League. So I'll pick Atletico as my number two. Okay. And so that is your your five are set. That's my five. So my five is Man City, Bayern, Barcelona, Tottenham, and Atletico yeah, Madrid. Yeah, well, I think since you went first, we should make this six. So I get to go two and you get to go one more. I think that would be... I think sure, that would sure be thing. Whatever you want, bro. Um, and so with my two, I'm going to double up in my Paris Saint-Germain group and go Juventus. Um, I really like what they've done in the offseason in terms of building and really what they started to do in January of last year is they've added a ton of players. They've they've shipped some off, maybe some that they wish they could have held on to. I'm not sure exactly what goes on in the boardrooms, but they've done a lot to build their midfield. And I feel like the Dusan Vlajevic signing gives them a goal scorer, which unfortunately a lot of teams in soccer do not have. The bad teams certainly don't, but um, it's just one of those things, I think, where um, I, I like... I like the idea of them and I feel like they'll get through to the next round. I think Atletico Madrid was a great pick because I don't really see them having a lot of trouble in that group as Bayer Leverkusen are having one of the worst starts to a, a German season as possible. Um, so for my next pick, man, and that's where it gets very, very difficult. <laughs> once, we, once we get past that little five number, because I feel like, uh, uh, I don't know. We should get bonus points for whoever makes the most uh, into the knockout stage. That'll be an interesting. Well, that, have, that can be if we don't get a winner. Well, I mean, we should have a winner. We should get <laughs> the, the tiebreaker. If somehow we, if somehow a team that doesn't win uh, or that we didn't pick wins, then we'll right. we'll do the tiebreaker teams that get into the uh, group, the playoff rounds the fastest. How about that? Um, Makes sense. Instead of stalling, because I could probably stall for <laughs> way way longer. Oh, man. I'm going to go with... I don't really believe in them so far to start this German season, but I'm going to take RB Leipzig and hope that they Ooh. turn around a pretty sluggish start. And Because uh, I think they have the talent. I just don't... Timo Werner back in the, in the club? I mean, he clearly can't score goals in England, but uh, he seems to be pretty good at scoring them in Germany. I think he's already netted one at least uh, in the Bundesliga since his return. Uh, so those will be my picks, uh, Juve and RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig in Group F with Real Madrid. So that makes sense that you're going to have probably the two people out of that Group F, probably the softest 500 to 1 is Shakhtar one in the group and Celtic 300 to 1. All right, I'm stalling a little bit myself. I have one more pick to make and I don't, uh, a little bit out of my depth. I all I've heard, I haven't heard much about AC Milan or Inter Milan, other than they're not very good. They're much worse than in recent years. I would say instead of that, I'll I'll, t I'll throw you a little uh, life vest here. I think AC Milan have done a lot to build their team. Um, I don't know that they're 
necessarily, I feel like they're a young project that kind of way ahead of schedule won Syria, the Scudetto last season, very barely, but they did it. And not really many people knew how they did it, but they did it. Um, I think that they're really talented and they have the ability to score goals, which is really important. They have some tried and true veterans up front with Olivier Giroud and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, who knows how long either of those will be healthy, but um, they've seemed to maintain a lot of players that were worried about getting potentially sold. So I, I think they're better than they have been in the past, which is important uh, specifically in, in Italy, but definitely in this competition as well. Zlatan Ibrahimovic won the league again. Seems to always win the league. He's now 40 years old. But if there's one guy that could get a goal in a big moment in a Champions League, that's 40 years old. It'd probably be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I've heard much worse things about Inter. The only reason I was thinking about picking them is that way I'd have three, all three of the good teams in Group C. And I, I wouldn't be busted out. But uh, I'm, I never was one to, to go for to go for a double. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, who I think is a better team. I'm gonna pick AC Milan. Um, probably on your suggestion as my last pick. So you might've uh, finagled me there. You might think Inter's like really secretly good or no, something. No, no, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying bagging. I promise. All right. Well, here are my teams then. And then read yours. I got Man City who's plus 275. They're the favorite. And then I won't read all the odds, but I got Bayern, one of the favorites, Barca, Tottenham, Atletico, and AC Milan. Those are my six teams. All right. I'm going PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. I also have Liverpool, Real Madrid, Chelsea, and Juventus. And you also have RB Leipzig. Oh, and I have Leipzig because I went off the beaten path. Yes, sorry. <laughs> that yeah, one Thank you for reminding me. Just to put that in context, uh, when Griffin picked Leipzig, he skipped Inter, who has slightly better odds, and he, and he skipped Ajax, who has the same odds, and he skipped Napoli. So um, that, kind of, that probably gives you a little bit of insight into where he thinks there's uh, inefficiency in the market where they're underrated a little bit, RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. All right, so that's the group stage. That was fun. Now it's the best part of the show. Best bets. Uh, you continue to win, so you continue to go first. Uh, or is that how we do it? I don't even remember. I yeah, guess I'll- no, no. That yeah, we're 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 doing winners winners keeps here. Or winners take. And you have not lost, so you get uh, that uh, actually actually McKenzie, nobody has lost in this podcast just yet. You have a push. You have is a there- push to your name, unfortunately. But like ultimately. The way I see a push, it's basically like a, going to see a free movie. You, you, it's essentially you, you pay the twenty dollars to see Mission <laughs> right. Impossible fifteen or whatever number it's up to, and you end up going to see it, and they give you your money back when you walk out. So it's not so bad. Um, but for my best bet on this uh, on this episode, I'm going to stay where you know the trees are really kind to me. I'm going to stay in the. Uh, and they treat you well in this forest. Nottingham Forest, a home underdog to Tottenham, currently getting one and a quarter goals. Um, and I'm going to take Tot. Excuse me, I'm going to fade Tottenham. I'm going to take Nottingham Forest to keep it really close. I love what I've seen from them so far. They've played really, really tight defense. I think that's important, especially in this league where Tottenham really want to sit back and counterattack, which doesn't really seem like it's going to fit very well as a one and a quarter goal favorite. I also am pretty disappointed in what I've seen from Tottenham so far. While Nottingham Forest, I mean, say what you want about teams that they need to play together for a while to gel. Um, they've brought in and somehow they've spent like more money than all of Syria uh, in the offseason. But uh, it worked fairly well in their last matchup with Everton, which I think was a match they could have certainly won. Um, but they beat West Ham. And I think they're going to make it really tough on Tottenham to win by two goals or more. So 
uh, a one goal loss is a is still a winner as it cashes half a bet here. Uh, so I'm going to play Nottingham Forest plus one and a quarter, and that is Sunday uh, early morning for everyone in the U.S. because they start so early across the pond. I like it. You're a braver man than me. That was on my uh, potential sheet, and I just said I don't I don't know if not Nottingham Forest. I just don't know if about them, and I don't I don't know if I'm missing something on 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 them um, not being able to score enough goals, but. There's a reason why this is two and a half shaded to the under 2.25. Really, not a lot of goals are expected. And Tottenham, for all the talk about all their offseason acquisitions and Perisic and Richarlison, they're eighth in the Premier League. They're almost an average team in expected goals. So I was I was anticipating. I wanted to fade them, and I'm glad that you uh, you had the same sentiment and a little stronger. Best bet from Griffin Tottenham plus 1.25 goals. I'm gonna stick in the Premier League myself. Before we get in, let me save you guys a little bit of money with the coupon code HEADER20. Right now, go to pregame.com. You want to get Steve Fezzik's picks. You want to get Mackenzie Rivers' picks, my man Griffin Warner's picks. It's all there. It's all available. And you can save 20% off anything on the website. Save a lot of money with the subscription. Save even more with 20% off that subscription. Use the coupon code HEADER20. That's H E A D. ER20. So you have 20% off anything at pregame.com. Uh, they track us. They, they they judge us. It'd be really nice if a couple of you guys, a lot of you guys, use the coupon code HEADER20 and give us some love. Show that you're listening and show that you appreciate the podcast. Pregame.com, 20% save off anything. HEADER20. For my best bet, Crystal Palace plus two goals at Man City. So Patrick Vieira took over in July 2021, not this offseason, but last offseason. His very first game, he's at Chelsea. Patrick Vieira is uh, one of the great players in Premier League history, was at Arsenal for a decade, part of the Invincibles. I didn't lose a game for 49 straight. He knows his soccer, Frenchman. He loses 3-0 to Chelsea, very first game. A couple weeks later, he loses 3-0 again to Liverpool. Crystal Palace is always on the potential relegation sheet. They're always not a very good team. Well, since then, since he's kind of rallied the troops, 10 times they've gone against a big six club. Only one time have they lost by three goals. This is not the side that you want to see if you're one of the big six clubs. They keep it. They keep the possession of the ball very well, and they very, do, do a great job of limiting chances. We've already seen it this season. This is where most of my handicap coming from. Watching them against Arsenal, they lost 2-0 in the first game of the season. It should have been a draw. The expected the eye test said it should have been a draw. There was two lucky goals. Arsenal had a little bit more possession, but it was very close. Both teams had chances. Expected goal said it should have been a draw. All right. The next week, they face Liverpool. They're winning 1-0. Great counterattack. They're very tight the whole game. Okay, Liverpool gets a red card. Well, they were up 1-0 before the red card, so it's hard to say that really helped them. And they ended up drawing. You look at expected goals, it should have been about you know a draw. Maybe Liverpool should have won by one goal, but they were going to Anfield as one-and-a-half goal underdogs. Now they're going to Man City as two-goal underdogs. Patrick Vieira is one, one win, not a draw, one win, oh, and one draw against City in his tenure there, and he has allowed zero goals to that team. So from the possession school that Pep Guardiola hails from, Patrick Vieira understands what City wants to do and has proven to be excellent at limiting them. By the way, 
of those 10, 10 times they've faced one of the big six clubs, seven times they've won by one goal or less. So not only would this push it plus two, but it would win. The last thing I like about this play is that Man City, others have talked about this, with Erling Haaland have a very different setup when they're at home. When teams aren't trying to win the game, when teams are very uh, cognizant of the dominance that Man City possessions at the Emirates, it's much harder for Halan to score on breaks, much less one-on-one one one opportunities for him because the whole field is going to be compact on City's half. I see this as a uh, park-the-bus type of game. Patrick Vieira has proven to be able to excel in those circumstances. Again, two games against City, zero goals allowed. I'm not sure he makes it three for three, but I very much expect him to keep this within a hat trick. That's that's what beats us. Three zero beats us. One three or one two or two zero are all pushes and wins. So, like the play, I like going against the big six clubs. By the way, they all of them uh, except for Arsenal, who's three zero, have very much fallen short of expectations. It's a much flatter league that we've seen so far. I expect that to continue here. City. Not going to win by three goals. So my best bet is Crystal Palace plus two. So what do you think about that one? Uh, I didn't know that Patrick Vieira had had so much success um, with Manchester City. But um, Crystal Palace, they're a, a team that have, have really shown that they can sit back, counterattack you, and they'll probably put Wilfried Zaha up top. And his blazing speed, certainly his emotions sometimes get the better of him, to say the least. But he's... He's going to sprint at people and he will take any chance that they can to run up the pitch and try to do one of those 1v1 type of situations, 1v2, because Man City will be pushing up, going for three points. They basically risk it all. to They risk it for the biscuit. And I, I think there's a good chance that Crystal Palace can stay within that number. I liked it as well. I actually was thinking I'm going to try my best to stay away from it, but after hearing that, I might have to play it as well. Yeah, Patrick Vieira, one win, zero losses, and one draw in two games as the manager of Crystal Palace versus City. I'm not sure if he'll make it three games undefeated, but again, if we lose by a goal, we're walking to the window with some profit to cash. So that'll be the European Soccer Betting Podcast, episode five. We've got a chance to go five episodes deep, to go 7-0-1 if we go 2-0 again. We hope to stay undefeated. Now we put a lot of hard work into this research and watching the games because soccer is unlike any other sport. you got to watch it. Uh, to understand it, I'm realizing, and I'm loving it. So I appreciate you, Griffin. I appreciate the feedback we've been getting. We will talk to you guys next week.